Hey everybody, my name is Alan Gigax, and welcome to another episode of Classes of Mail. This one is going to be a little bit different. We're going to get kind of philosophical today and talk about doing the mail the right way. I'm not the boss of you. You do you. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. You know, I'm in no position to tell you what to do. I will give you the best advice that I can, and if you follow it, that's up to you. I'm not here to get anybody in trouble. I'm not a supervisor. Uh, quite the opposite. I've recently become a union steward, and now I have to defend people. And that's given me a little bit more perspective on doing the job the right way. So that's what we're going to talk about. Lay this out right off the bat. Almost everything we do as carriers is described in the M41. It's somewhere in there in one of the sections. And I recommend you read it. So it makes a decent bathroom reader. Just put it on the back of your toilet or in the little newspaper rack. And as you're sitting there, read the stuff and you may find some useful information. I know for me personally, a couple things I found in there that were super useful are um, when we get packages that are samples. These would be non-preferential parcels that if they're undeliverable, they can just go into the UBM. If that doesn't fit in the mailbox, according to the M41, we put it next to the mailbox. And that is good to know that we don't actually have to run those to the door. It specifically says that in the mailroom, you just put it like in a rack or on a table or somewhere nearby. So that is definitely good to know. Uh, other things in the M41, I learned that on park and loop routes, which I have, your residual mail is supposed to be carried in your satchel. And I've heard old time carriers say that. Once I read it in the M41, I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. And guys, I love it. Oh, it's so great because now when I'm walking my route, the only thing I have in my hand is my DPS and everything else is in the satchel and it's so easy. I, you know, I gave it a chance and after the very first loop, well, there's no going back for me. And I absolutely love carrying my mail in my satchel and I, I owe it to the M41. All right, so anyway, the techniques that are in the M41 or the methods these have been agreed to by the union and by management, and they are the way we're supposed to do our job. Now, carriers cut corners. There's no question about it. I spent a lot of my own career cutting corners, and uh, it absolutely saved time. It saves time. I'm not going to try to deny that it saves time. Uh, you know, skipping things saves time. And... That's, that's all well and good, but you have to look at the bigger picture and ask yourself, at what cost am I saving this time? So if you make your route shorter by cutting corners, by not putting your seatbelt on, by not locking up the truck, by doing these stupid things that can lead to discipline, yeah, congratulations. Your day got a little bit shorter, and now instead of being eight hours, your ride only takes seven and a half hours to complete. Good on you. You know what happens because of that? Now you've given management an excuse to add to your route. Good job, because now your route's short, and so they can add to it. Or if your route was overburdened, and now you cut corners to get it done in eight, great, you got an eight-hour eight route. You must have an easy route. But if you were doing it the right way, the route would be what it actually is. Uh, you're also taking money out of your own pocket. You get paid to deliver the mail a certain way. And if you cut corners to deliver the mail a faster way, 
you're taking money out of your own pocket. If that route takes eight and a half hours and you're getting it done in eight by taking these shortcuts, then you're taking a half hour of overtime out of your own pocket. You're not doing yourself any favors in that way. The other thing you run into is that you run the risk of being disciplined if you are observed. So maybe you cut corners by, well, here's an egregious one, by leaving the engine running. Oh, when I go to run parcels, I don't turn the truck off. That takes too much time. I just hop out and run up to the door. Yeah, I'll grant that that is quicker. There's no doubt about it. It's a few seconds faster. But if a supervisor sees you doing that, they're not going to give you a pat on the back and say, hey, way to, way to save time. Good job. You're saving the post office money. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to say, hey, you're fired. You're out of here. We'll put you on 16-7 emergency placement because that is an egregious safety violation. So, again, what are you getting out of it? I'll tell you what you get. You get more stress in your day. This job can be very low stress if you let it. But instead of that, you have this stress in the back of your head that, oh, what if management comes out? What if they see me? Oh, what if I hurt myself doing this? What am I going to tell management that I was actually doing because I was out here cutting these corners? You're not helping yourself by cutting these corners. What corners am I talking about? Well, let's talk about some of the basic safety rules. All right, here's one that a lot of carriers fall short on. Every single time you park that truck, every time you have to curb your wheels set the brake put it in park turn off the engine take out the key every single time curb the wheels brake park key every single time so what happens if you cut corners on that well you could have a roll away you could have a runaway accident so it's not worth it you know I used to hate doing sidewalk delivery where the mailbox is just on the other side of the sidewalk because it was so tedious that every time I pull up to a box, I got to curb the wheels, I got to put it in park, I got to take out the key, I got to set the brake, get the mail together, take off my seatbelt, hop out, put it in the box, hop back in, put my seatbelt back on, turn on the engine, straighten out the wheel, release the brake, put it in drive, and go up 30 feet and do it all over again. I hated it because I was trying to do it the right way. But I'll tell you, once I got a rhythm down, it got really easy. You know, what I do now is as I'm pulling up to the box, I curb, I crank the wheel to the right and essentially drive into the curb and boom, my wheels are automatically curved. And then with my right hand, I go brake, park, key, and it's all one motion. And my left hand takes off my seatbelt. And once I got that rhythm down, Stop and hop delivery or sidewalk delivery got a lot easier. And now that's just habit. Every single time I park that LOV, curb the wheels, set the brake, put it in park, take out the key every single time. Now, doing this takes time, of course. You know, it probably adds five seconds to the deliveries, and that adds up. But it adds up to more money in your pocket, and it adds up to your route being what your route should actually be. Sure, get it done faster by skipping these steps, risk the rollaway runaway, but you're just artificially shortening your route and taking money out of your own pocket, and you're risking your job. Here's another basic safety rule. Every time you go away from the truck, you got to lock it up. You got to secure it. Roll up the window, lock all the doors. That takes time. I've timed it. I have trainees. I'm an on-the-job instructor. 
and I time how long it adds to their uh, delivery by locking up the truck when they go away from it, like if they're going up to somebody's door. You know how much time it adds? For a brand new trainee, about six seconds total. So if you've been doing it for a while, it's probably even faster than that. And how often do you go away from your truck in a given day? I don't know. It varies by the route. But let's say you go away from your truck a hundred times and that's exceptional. That would be a tremendous amount. And it's six seconds every time. That's 600 seconds. That's 10 minutes. So you shorten your route by 10 minutes. Congratulations. You took 10 minutes of money out of your pocket and you risk discipline and you risk getting the mail stolen or your own personal stuff stolen. Maybe you got that cool Bluetooth speaker up in the window and now that thing's gone. For what benefit? To rob yourself of 10 minutes of pay and to give yourself this stress that you don't need. So then the next question is, okay, you got to lock up your truck anytime you go away from it. Well, how far is away? In the Carrier Academy, we teach that it's if the truck is out of sight or too far away for you to control access to it or to keep it under your control. So for me, that's anything further than the sidewalk. When I'm standing right next to it on the sidewalk, yeah, no problem. I don't need to lock it up. But if I'm going up to somebody's door, absolutely, I lock it up every time. Because when I'm standing up at that door, could I stop somebody from reaching into the truck? No way. I absolutely I could not do that. And so I lock it up. Additionally, here we have, uh, where I deliver the mail in Las Vegas, we have a satchel policy. I know this is not nationwide, but we do have it here, where every single time you go up to a residential door, it's required that you have your satchel with you. And I see so many carriers skip this. They just go up to the door without a satchel. And I don't say anything to them. I'm not a supervisor. I don't really feel like it's my place. But you're here voluntarily listening to this crap, so you're going to hear me. So, again, you ask yourself, what are you saving? If that carrier winds up getting bit by a dog, I guarantee you in the investigative interview, they're going to ask, did you have your satchel on you? And when that carrier says no, oh, here comes the letter of warning or the 14-day suspension or maybe even worse. And then maybe the post office will try to fight your worker's comp claim because you were being negligent. And that's why you got bit. It's not worth it. So here, not only when we get out of the truck to go up to the door, not only do we have to lock it up, but we also have to grab the satchel. And that does add time. That adds another few seconds. So I've timed that out too with my trainees. And it adds a total of about 10 seconds to the time it takes to run a parcel up to the door. 10 seconds, 60 deliveries, uh, you know, 60 times that you might have to go up to a residential door. Even that's really exceptional unless you're doing Sunday Amazons. Um, that adds 10 minutes to your route. So what? So you do Sunday Amazon. Let's say you do 120 stops on Sunday Amazon. Okay, so that's 120 times 10 seconds each. That's 1,200 seconds. That's 20 minutes. So now instead of Sunday Amazon taking you 7 hours and 10 minutes, it took you seven hours and 30 minutes. So what? You're not going to get disciplined over that. It takes what it takes. And now you don't have to worry about getting bit by a dog. Oh, what happens if I get bit by a dog? What happens if somebody grabs the truck? What happens if a supervisor's cruising by and sees me? You don't need any of that stress. Just do it the right way. Lock your truck. Grab your satchel. I know you don't necessarily have a satchel policy where you are, but you get the idea. That's the point. All right. Another policy we have here. Uh, this one's a little backward to my theme. 
uh, but there's a safety policy about walking across lawns. You're actually supposed to walk across people's lawns. You take the shortest possible path as long as the customer does not object and it's safe to do so. So be thoughtful, you know, where safety is concerned. If it's a nice, beautiful lawn and everything's smooth, you can't really justify squaring off, going all the way down to the sidewalk and going around. But if there's weeds, if there's thorny bushes or sticker bushes, or if it's pitted or hilly, you know, there's a number of reasons why you may want to go around. And if that adds to your route because you're doing it safely, what's management supposed to say about that? Oh, we don't want you working safely. No, I mean... I know what they're going to say about it. Hey, you need to go faster. It used to take you eight hours. Now it's eight hours and 20 minutes. What's going on? But tell them the truth. I listen to this dumb podcast and this guy's telling me the right way to do the job. And it turns out the right way takes a little bit more time. And if they don't like it, they could come out and watch you and point to what you're doing wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. You do the job the right way. Yeah, you can walk across the lawn, but only if it's safe. You know, don't be crazy about, uh, oh, it looks like there might be, uh, you know, the extra tall grass or... I don't know what a stupid reason would be. You know when it's safe to walk across the lawn. And that goes for walls, too. You know, if you're going to step over little walls, be aware that you are risking uh, getting injured and then getting disciplined on top of it. Some of it, you know, you can step over. It's not a big deal. But again, you have to assess that risk versus that benefit. The benefit is you get your route done two minutes faster. Uh, congratulations. How much good does that do you? All right. Here's another rule that you need to know about to do the job the right way. It's a 3849. The 3849 is supposed to go in the male receptacle. This one's probably not a big deal. You know, your supervisor will even tell you, no, no, just hang it on the door. It's got that sticky on it. But I'm telling you, in the M41, it says it goes in the male receptacle. It 337.6, 742.2. And it specifically says it in the Carrier Academy as well, that it goes in the male receptacle. And there's reasons for that. There's reasons why we do the job the right way. For the mailbox, you know, putting that in the mailbox, that's where the customer expects to get things from the post office. So that's where we put it. It's less likely to get stolen if it's in the mailbox. You know, thieves know that that 3849 is attached to something valuable. So they can just grab that off the door, take it down to your post office, and now your clerk is just going to hand them a stolen package. Clerks, I think they're supposed to check ID when they hand that stuff out. But do they do it? I don't know. I, maybe. Don't take the chance. It goes in the mailbox. All right, if it's hanging on the door, it could blow away. And a lot of people don't even use the front door where they live. You know, if they have an attached garage, they just come in and out through the garage. Or they go through the back door or the side. Who knows what. So for all those reasons, we put it in the mailbox. Of course, that's going to take more time. If you're delivering to an apartment complex, you go to run a parcel or a certified letter way to the back of the complex, and those people aren't home, now you're going to go all the way back to the mailroom, open the boxes back up, put that thing in the box. Yeah, it takes time. But you know what else? It's easy. You get paid by the hour, and it's the right way to do it. So that's another one. All right, here's a more general principle. Let management make management decisions. For example, don't delay the mail. It is not your decision to delay mail. That is only a decision management can make. If you guys listen to A to Arbitration, it's an awesome podcast. 
And he talked about carriers getting fired for delaying the mail, especially if they don't fill out a 3971. And that's one of those ones where it's really hard for carriers to get their job back. So if you're running behind schedule and today's ad day, you can't make the decision to just not deliver the rest of your ads. That has to be approved by management. If you have a street that's cut off that you can't get to, you're supposed to check in with management. Hey, I can't get to the street. I'm going to bring the mail back. And then when you get back, you have to fill out the 1571 undelivered mail report, get management to sign off on it. Sure, that takes a little bit of time too. But again, that's, that's management doing their job. That you make a management do their job. Well, that's a nice feeling. It's a nice reversal. Make them do what they're supposed to do. And that covers you for that delay of mail. But you don't get to make the decision of what to delay and what not to. You don't get to make the decision of what to deliver and what not to. If it's given to you today, you're going to deliver it today unless management tells you otherwise. So a good example of this is you deliver to an apartment complex and the mailbox is full. So today's ad day, now you've got this week's ad, but the mailbox is all full and you can't stuff that ad in there. What are you supposed to do? Some carriers will put that ad into the UBUM and it goes down and it gets shredded. Well, guys, that's the destruction of deliverable mail. On a previous podcast, I talked about carrier endorsements and anything that you put into that UBUM, no, we don't have to endorse it, but it still needs a reason and you better have one of those carrier endorsements to go with it. So if their mailbox is full and you can't get that ad in there, what's your reason for it going into the UBUM? Is it refused? No, they didn't refuse it. Is it attempted not known? No, it's addressed to resident. It could go to anybody. There's no valid reason for that to go into the UBUM. And that's the kind of stuff that'll get you fired. There's serious penalties that go with destroying deliverable mail. So you got to do the right thing, which is take all the mail out of the box and hold it for 10 days. It's a 10-day hold, and then it can go as unclaimed. But it can't go unclaimed until there's been that 10-day hold. Same goes for vacation holds. When we're holding people's mail at the post office, we hold all of their mail. We don't pick and choose what we're going to hold for them. So if they've been gone for three weeks, when they come back, there better be three ads in that box or however often ads come out when you are. We can't pick and choose what to deliver. Only management can tell us don't deliver that piece of mail. I mean, customers are allowed to refuse pieces, but they can only refuse a specific piece. I don't want that, you know, that particular letter. They can't have that standing order of no ads or no junk mail or anything like that. That does not work. You put those ads in the box. That is our job. All right, more on management decisions. If you are running late, if it is taking you more than eight hours or more than how long you thought it was going to be to deliver your mail, that is not a you problem. That is a management problem. They signed up to deal with those problems. Your obligation is to be honest, is to let them know, give them a good faith estimate of how long it's going to take you to get back, what time you think you're going to get back. What management decides to do about it that's up to them. That's their choice. That's what they want to do. Your only obligation is to be honest and to give them a good, good faith estimate and to be putting in an honest day's work. But if you tell them, oh, hey, I thought I was going to be back at five and now it's looking like 530, they can get mad all they want. That doesn't make you get back any faster. You still have to deliver the mail the right way. And so they have to decide, okay, now you're going to be back at 530. How do I want to handle it? That's management's decision. Your job is to deliver the mail honestly, correctly, 
and to just let management know. <sighs> Dude, that's cathartic. All right, another broad topic. When you have questions about stuff, there's, you don't have to guess. There's no reason to guess at the post office. There's always people to ask. So you have trainers at your station or you have trainers at nearby stations and they're usually pretty good about giving out their phone numbers. You have union stewards and union officials who you can ask your questions. You can refer to the M41. Your questions are usually answered in there if you know where to look. And they're searchable M41s as well. Or, I know we hate to talk to them, but you can even ask your supervisor. And the nice thing about asking your supervisor when you have questions is if they tell you wrong, it's on them. So that's kind of, you know, kind of a freebie for you. Make them do their job. They signed up for that crap. Make them do it. All right, the last thing is uh, some insight that I've gained from my brief time as a union steward. Now, truth be told, I still have no idea what I'm doing as a steward. I don't know how to file a 8190 or if that's even the right form number uh, for agreements. You know, I don't know a lot of the basics, but I'm starting to learn about defending discipline. And there's some types of discipline that's super easy to defend. Like, why did your route take you 15 minutes longer today? I don't think, you know, management is essentially accusing you of stealing time, of not putting in an honest effort. But they can accuse you all they want. How are they supposed to prove that? How are they supposed to prove that you're engaging in time-wasting practices? If they're not out there watching you, they don't know what you're doing out there. They don't know what the situation is out on the street. And everybody from the top to the bottom will tell you it takes what it takes. The conditions on the street are what they are. And however long it takes to deliver the mail, as long as you're working conscientiously, that's how long it takes. So they can be mad all they want about 15 minutes, but it's all just talk. It doesn't mean anything. If you go into overtime, you have to have a 3996. You know, you got to fill it out, put your explanation for why you went into overtime. Otherwise, it's unauthorized overtime, and that's legit, right? Filling out your 3996, that's part of doing the job the right way. Filling out your 1571 is part of doing the job the right way. But rushing to meet management's bullshit expectations, that's not part of your job. Your job is to deliver the mail the right way, and it takes however long it takes. And your only obligation, as far as time is concerned, is to be honest with management and to tell them how long you really think it's going to take you. What they do about it, that's up to them. So the extra 15 minutes, it's easy. Easy discipline to win. Easy discipline to turn over. Because you know they ain't out there watching you and seeing if you're engaging in time-wasting practices. They don't have any time for that. And if they do, they're not supposed to do it surreptitiously. So you'll know that they were out there watching you because they'd be like, hey, you know, we just came and saw you doing stuff. But you know what really happens when management comes out to watch you? They're not going to tell you, oh, I thought you could have walked a little faster. Maybe you should jog up to the door. They ain't going to say that. They're going to give you, oh, you didn't curb your wheels or you didn't lock the door. They're looking for safety violations. And if you do the job the right way, you don't have to worry about those things. So worry about the stuff that's actually going to get you in trouble, not the stuff that's going to put more money in your pocket. The stuff that actually gets you in trouble is the stupid shit like rollaway runaway accidents. Dude, that hard to defend. Because if you have a rollaway or runaway accident, there's a whole bunch of things that you didn't do right. Because if you did any of those things, or at least two of them, the chances of you having a rollaway runaway are extremely low. So don't put me as a union steward in a position to defend you cutting corners. I'll defend you doing the job the right way all day long. 
I love to defend somebody by pointing to the M41 and saying, this is the way the job's supposed to be done. This is what we've all agreed to. You can't be mad at the carrier for doing the job the right way. That's a slam dunk. I don't even know what I'm doing as a steward, and I could win that. I could win that grievance. But you have a rollaway runaway accident, dude. Good luck to you. You better hope I'm not your steward because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. How am I supposed to defend that? Or if you discard the mail, dude. One more quick thing before I get out of here because it it drives me crazy and it makes me want to cry. When I'm teaching the Carrier Academy, I'm down at the main plant here in Las Vegas. And that's also where all of our UBM goes before it goes in for bulk recycling. So all the hampers come from the stations and then they go into the shipping container at the plant where they go for bulk recycling. So I will take students down to the UBM area to talk to them about what can go into the UBM, what can't, give them a little hands-on experience. And then we look through these UBM buckets for stuff that doesn't belong. Every single time, we find stuff. We find first-class mail. We find mail with ancillary service endorsements on it. We find outgoing mail. We find so much stuff in there. And look, some of that is just an honest mistake. Mistakes happen. We make mistakes. What are you going to do? But I'll tell you what's not a mistake is when I was down there a few weeks ago and I saw a big old stack of ads of our weekly ads that was just sitting there in perfect order. And I thought, oh, maybe there was marriage mail. And, you know, there were no addresses on the ads. And so those were the leftovers. But no, I went and looked. And it was for an apartment complex. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe the carrier is just tidy. And they put their UBIM in nice and neat. So I start looking, and it's apartment 412, 413, 414, 415, 416, 417. All these ads are, are in order. What are the chances that 30 apartments in a row are vacant? Not very likely. Then... I see another bundle and, you know, I think, well, maybe, maybe that apartment complex is just closed down and the ads haven't caught up yet. So maybe that's still legitimate. Then I go look at the other pile of ads and it's also a bunch of ads in a row for an apartment complex, same route because the route numbers printed on the ads, different apartment complex. What are the chances that two apartments are like that? Pretty much zero. And I know the area also, and no, those apartments are still functional. So this carrier just took their full bundles of ads, dropped them right in the UBIM. Now, if I'm a union steward, well, I am a union steward, how the hell am I supposed to defend that? What are you going to say to defend yourself for putting those ads straight into the UBIM? There's no defense for that. I mean, I guess I'd have to try to come up with something, but good luck. Good luck getting your job back for that. You know, maybe Corey Wong could defend you from that one. I mean, I'm going to try. I'll try to come up with something. But, geez, Louise, make it easy on me. So now, you know, I didn't say anything. I'm not a supervisor. I didn't report that or anything. But I'm thinking, you know, here's this carrier who took all this mail, dropped it into the UBOM, and now their job is on the line. Because if a supervisor sees that instead of me, well, I guarantee you they're going to issue discipline and they're probably going to issue a removal. What would have happened if that carrier delivered all those ads instead of dropping them in the UBIM? It would have added about 10 minutes to their day, probably less than that, and they would have got 10 more minutes of money in their pocket. And you know what discipline they would have been open to? None. So that's the way you have to do your job, guys. You have to do it the right way. If you do it that way, it can be low stress. I know there's a certain amount of stress that's just built in at the post office, 
but don't be adding to it. It's already enough. You don't need to also worry about, oh, what if management sees me? Oh, what if they find out? Oh, what if they know that my route's short now because I'm taking it? You don't need any of that. Do the job the right way, and it can be satisfying. It can be relaxing. You can cruise, and it can be a cool, low-stress job. That's what I want for you guys. Keep up the good work out there. Keep listening. If you have topic ideas, um, send me emails. And yeah, I guess this is my first solicitation for that. My email address is coachallen, A-L-A-N, at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to send me suggestions for future topics. And I will catch you next time.